Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of a rainbow. Whenever I listen to a new young rapper for the first time, I tend to look for attributes versus fixating on the literal output of their music. Because although the quality of their projects is ultimately the most important thing with any artist, early on in someone's career, they may not have access to the best producers, mixing, or guest collaborators that is out there. So sometimes you're just looking for a great flow, creative lyricism, or a personality to latch onto. Applying this concept to today's guest, I first heard this guy rap on Oh Hell No on Cancer for Cure, and I was sold immediately. Even if it was just one feature, without me being aware of who this guy was and what projects he had or didn't have under his belt, his flow, his bars, and his charisma were off the charts. The talent of today's guest, Mr. Motherfucking Esquire, was undeniable. And luckily for me, he also had a catalog to back up this strong first impression by the time I tapped in around the year 2012, since Esquire had already dropped a fun and rugged mixtape in Lost in Translation, and then soon after would drop the terrifically thoughtful Kismet. From then on, I was a fan for good. Now a decade later, Brooklyn's Mr. Motherfucking Esquire has released his most mature and reflective album yet, and he is here today to discuss that and much, much more. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Mr. Motherfucking Esquire, welcome to the show. How are you doing? What's going on? This is Huey, a.k.a. Esquire. Mr. Motherfucking. Um, I'm good. Tell him, man. You know, you were someone that I first got into through some of the features you did in like that 2012, 2013 timeframe, 2011 on a Cancer for Cure and Ahim's mixtape, Nehru Jackets, which I have to say that track and your specific verse with that beat is like one of my, one of my favorite musical moments of the last decade. Like that shit blows my mind. Wow. Those verses. Yo, it's crazy. Yo. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, those verses are intentional because like when we did the last Huzzah, I never liked my verse on that song. Damn. Oh, I was like, yo, every time I do a song with y'all, I'm gonna destroy y'all. Like I <laughs> so like every time after that, I was just be like, yo, every time I do a song with any of them, I'm going super hard, whatever. So yeah, like I like those verses too, man. It's classic shit. Definitely. Great time, great time, great memory. 
Yeah, it's an honor to have you on the show because not only do you make like great music, you've always struck me as someone that is one of the most interesting people in hip hop that I've come across that I've listened to throughout the years. And in your music, you present yourself as a dude that like knows how knows how to have fun, but who can also be very honest and uh, give the listener a lot of, you know, interesting social commentary, personal reflections. And so is what we get in the music that you put out a true representation of who you are as a person generally? Or do you feel like you like tap into a, a different side of yourself that you only kind of explore in your music? Um, I think. I think it's all of me, yeah. Um, I believe when I first started making music, I wanted to be a certain type of person. And then like the journey of life made me that person. What was that type of person that you feel you were trying to be early on? I mean, I just wanted to be like, just wanted to be like, you know, intelligent and, and um, wanted to be sure of myself. And you know, these are things that you try to do when you're writing. You know, you mm. try to, uh, I guess, put those purposes inside, you know, inside of the music. You know, you deal with the ladies, you know, you streetwise, you, you, you care about your people, you know, you're conscious, you're aware of what's going on in society, uh, you're romantic, you're, you're thoughtful, you're reflective. I, you know, I, I think um, when I, you know, those are the songs I would write. And then mm. I think my journey and the things I went through just in music and in my actual real life, eventually I think I just became the person that I like, I, or maybe I was just that person the whole time and I didn't know, you know? Mm. I, I, I don't, I don't know if, I don't want to say the line cause I think I'll butcher it, but I feel like there's a line on your latest album that kind of says what you just said, which is like, you, you were who you were before you started rapping. Like you, obviously, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That line that's, specifically very, yeah. very dumb, man. I have a lot of respect for your ear cause that line is specifically about that idea and that concept, you know what I mean? Mm. That you just asked me. So, yeah, definitely. You know, you was who you was before you ever was Esquire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's, that, you know, that was a big part of me changing my name to Huey. Like, just my real name, you know? Because I just felt like, I mean, I really don't have to have a rap name anymore. Yeah, no, I understand that. Um, yeah. Are, do you find there's, like, any general misconceptions of, like, who you are based on like, like based on like how you uh, kind of interact with people that know you through music only, do you feel like they expect one thing and then kind of get surprised by who you are in real life? Or is it pretty kind of uh, um, consistent? I really don't know. Cause like me, I mean, I think it was a time period of that, but like for me, interestingly enough, I felt like most of the time people really, I don't really be around people I don't know. Mm. <laughs> if that makes sense. So like most of the time, like I'm out and about, like I usually just be in my ecosystem and I'm with my friends, you know. I'm not really like a very mixy person. Yeah, <laughs> right, for sure. And like I really don't I never been. I never really been. Like you never really heard nothing about me, you know, like I'm not a person you're gonna hear about like getting into anything. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, so, yeah, you're not in the tabloids so, like that. You know, as, as far as amongst my peers, like other rappers and stuff like that, you know, I'm highly respected. I, you know, like I never mm-hmm. really had an issue or like everybody love me. You know, I love everybody else. So like, I really don't know. I really don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to say. Okay. So like, I want to get into kind of like the way you approach music more specifically, because 
you had you said something interesting in a recent interview that you did with the the next movement podcast so shout out to them they're great you spoke on your appreciation for the era of artists that like came out before just before you did so like people like kid cuddy wale and i bring that up because particular artists like cuddy i found that he made music that pushed boundaries to an extent while also had like a lot of kind of pop appeal too and I find this kind of dynamic with your music really cool because I feel like at its core, it's it's experimental a bit, it's gritty, but it also feels like something I could play at a party a lot of times or like it's 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 inviting, you know, where yeah. like left field twists are, you know, brought onto songs that like could otherwise be played for pretty broad audiences. Like you've made, in other words, I feel like you've made like a lot of experimental music of that sort fun. So I'm curious, like, how did that era of late 2000s artists influence your style? Wow, that's deep. Um, I never really thought about it. Not something I came prepared to answer. <laughs> 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 um, I would say, like, um, Cuddy, Wale, all of that stuff. That was when I was really, like, really getting into my dreaming phase and, like, really trying to uh, start to understand Start to start to understand who I was, mm. you know, and their music really gave me that that blueprint because I wasn't like I, I grew up in a weird time because I grew up in a time where it was still like real. I mean, it's heavenly streets now. Back to that. But like there was really no space for like. No artsy kids, it was like the 50 cent era. Yeah, we had Kanye. And then like that was it. And then it was like. Then we had like Lupe. Yeah, that was a big deal. You know, like um, when Lupe came out, that was a big deal for me. I started skateboarding and I worked in Soho and shit at that time. So like, and then I worked at the Adidas store, you know, and Kid Cudi, he worked at the Babe store. So like, it's, it's crazy shit. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to get into all the backstory shit, people and shit. I'm like talking about that. But like that, I, I went to his first show at the Knitting Factory. He got signed and shit, you know, wow. Wow. and I met Kanye West. You know, <laughs> shit was crazy. Like, maybe like 19, 20, you know? Damn. And fucking, this is like when everybody was, it was like, Kanye, I guess Kanye wasn't his DA, wasn't nowhere near as famous as he is now. Well, how, but, what um, year was this? What year was this? Shit, whenever the year Kid Cudi first mixtape came out. Oh, so that's like 08. Yeah. Kanye was pretty fucking pop. Like, that was post-graduation. So, like, I yeah, feel like he was a superstar was at that yeah. point. Like, but I he still him, isn't like who he is like, now. Like, like, he's still on a different level. Yeah. He was walking with Q-Tip and coming to spot. I got a picture of me and Kid Cudi from that night. Nice. You know nice. what I mean? But that's what it was like. Oh, shit. He was just working at the babe store right around the corner. Like, everybody was talking about that shit. Like, yo, like, what the fuck? He's on, yo, he with Kanye. Was he? It was like, oh, this shit is a, a possible thing. And mm-hmm. I remember they made the um the freshman cover. And um, I, I, I had a job. I used to work in a school. I was a security guard in the school. And, um... I used to carry that shit on my uniform. I, I rolled, I folded up, carrying my back pocket. It was like Kid Cudi, Charles Hamilton, Wale, Mickey Fax, mm. Asher Roth. I forgot the other ones. You know what I'm saying? B.O.B. And maybe like, uh, I forgot who else was in it at that time or whatever. Those, maybe some, like, those people, a lot of those people had like massive success. Yeah, absolutely. Success. You know what I mean? You know, all 10 not, but you know, it's always the ratio. But, um, yeah, so, like, when I looked at that shit, that, I used to carry that shit in my back pocket every day, you know, and just, like, write my songs, and that was, like, something that was a real big part of my manifestation. So, like, 
that music was really important to my my coming of age. I would say, you know what I mean? Yeah, and definitely another another like key artist or group of artists that I definitely feel like I assume played a big part in your artistry and your development is like LP and Definitive Jooks. Um, so believe it or not, it's funny. I never listened to them. What? So what was it? Why'd you why'd you uh, hop on so many L beats on uh, Lost in Translation? Because when um when I when I when I had um when I when I when I did my first project, it was like a, a mixtape where I did like all MF Doom beats and shit. It's called like mm. the Big Fat Kill. So I didn't want to rap over commercial beats. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I didn't know any producers at the time. So when I discovered LP shit. His beats, I was like, oh, these beats crazy. Like, nobody ever heard of this shit. Because you got to think about it, like, where I'm from, we don't listen to that shit. You know, we don't really listen to underground rap of that type. We listen, underground rap to me growing up was more like Asian. Yeah. Like, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Tragedy, Gaddafi, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, when I, when I, so when I, I, I didn't get in tune into L until my man, my man was a Marine. He told me like when he was in I um Iraq, they used to ride around and listen to Dev Jicks kill people and shit. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's the shit I'm rhyming to. And he let me hear um I'll sleep when you're dead. That's the first L yeah. album I heard. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I got in tune with them. And then I got in tune with Kamu. <laughs> with Kamu. Kamuta. Yeah. Kamu. Kamu. That's such a hard name to say. Kamuta, um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Yeah, and I fell in love with his music. You know what I'm saying? And I became a really, really big fan. Uh, of Kamu, you know, and I based a lot of my shit off. I always say that. Um, but yeah, I wasn't really like a big Def Jugs head, man. I, I don't want to, because like people always assume that because mm. I work with L and like being so close to friends, but like I don't want to be a poser. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, oh, yeah Def Jugs, like I really don't know. I, I don't really know it like that. No, no that's interesting. Like, I feel, I feel like a lot of what uh, I feel like a lot of what LP is doing right now with Run the Jewels is kind of like it's kind of like him moving away. He's still like, it's still, I don't even know if he's, cons that's considered underground. Like what, what would you say? R Run the Jewels, is that even underground at this point? They're so big. They're playing like massive festivals. I like, feel like there is no underground. You feel like there's no underground period? No, nah, I don't feel like there's an underground. I feel like, I feel like everybody just rap, you know, there ain't really no labels no more because, all right. So you know that kid with the long neck, the, uh, the white crap drill? Dude, with a long neck, I don't know. whatever his name was, like a kid, he's like rap box. Like, I'm just saying, you got meme rappers and shit. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's you know true. What I'm yeah. Like, ooh, what are any of us anymore? Yeah, it's interesting. Is it is it the fact that are you saying that related to the fact that, like you can kind of make music with you know without having to be at a, in a particular location anymore? Like, you can put it on the internet and get a buzz. Yeah, there ain't no scene, you know, like. The scene is online, so it's like it's not like you like oh this is the East Coast underground and then this the the sun. you know like it's just so broad and, and and I even think the definition of even what a rapper is, is so different man. you know yeah that is true that is true um and like do you, you know like as someone who's been in the game for so long like do you do you feel like what are like the pros and cons you see in how things used to be like back when the internet wasn't this easy kind of channel to get your music out versus like right now where it is i don't think it was better um because if you think about it like this right 
if you're, let's say, Sean Price, or, you know, I feel like a lot of people, their careers lasted longer because of the internet. And all everybody does, even like mainstream rappers, right? Like, Mm. Drake is just like, is there. He got a million followers. Put out an album, he's going to get a million plays by proxy of him having so many followers. As opposed to before, like, if you MC him and you're that big, they don't want to see you anymore. They just cut the lights out. The internet kind of like keeps people around. Like, you, like mm. if you follow your ex girlfriend, like, she's in your life forever. If y'all break up, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I know that. I know that. Um, yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. I feel like there's. I feel like I can even point to some artists that came out around when you came out or maybe a bit before like 2007, 2008, where I feel like if they would have just came out in like 2013, at least 2014, I feel like their careers would have gone a lot differently in a better way because they didn't have, they kind of were relying on blogs and that was a lot more niche at the time. Like you kind of had to be more, you had to be more of like a head. You had to like put in a lot more effort to get music that way. Most people were just relying on the radio. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I just felt like if I'd have had the benefit of coming out like two years later, I'd have been bigger. Maybe like a year. Um, yeah, it's like that. You know what I'm saying? It's always time. Time mm. is everything. And so on that kind of topic a bit, like you, you said it, you said in some past interviews that you feel like you're like what you kind of just said, like your career would be, I guess you can say like in a higher status or more kind of commercial success, et cetera. If you like socialized, if you did like that networking type stuff a lot more, which you kind of hinted at earlier in this conversation that you, you definitely don't really do. What, what are some like key lessons that you feel you've learned over this like past decade now of uh, being a rapper? And like, do you feel like you would wish you would have did done anything differently? No. Because, you, you know, for me, I'm a deeply spiritual person. I truly believe that everything happens the way it's supposed to. So, like, I just made, I feel like I made my best album. So I feel like I would have never made this one had I not gone through everything I've been through. You know? Mm-hmm. My journey is my journey. Like, the way I view things, like, when you look at a movie, you watch Lord of the Rings or something, you might see the old wise king, right? They go see him. He he got all the wisdom because he's been through all the shit. You can't have you can't have all the wisdom and the jewels and the riches unless you go through shit. So I never really looked at it as if I was meant to skip the shit. You feel me? Yeah. My journey was singular to me. Like everybody shit different. I never I I don't really look at that. I don't I don't really think about things in that way. Because if you do then kind of defeating the purpose of being alive. You know what I'm saying? So, now, I, you know, uh, as far as lessons, I can say, like, the lesson that I learned is just embrace what's happening because you never know what the next door will be. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, um, don't get caught up with a script in your brain of how things should be because if that script is not the way things go, you ain't going to have another plan. You have yeah. to embrace all waters, you know what I'm saying? And don't don't think about what other people doing and compare yourself to others and things like that because that's really just gonna just just it really serves you no purpose because you are you are a single journey. You you're not a journey of others. Everybody got their own shit going on. It's just that we all operate like we all we all operate in the music business, right? 
it, it's mm. people in jail right now that can rap their ass probably better than me. You know what I'm saying? Know more than me, read more books than me, listen to more music than me, everything, you know? Yeah. And he in jail. It's people that could dunk better than Michael Jordan, they go to the NBA. Like, we all gifted with talent. It's just what you do with it. It's just that we all come to the industry and then we get put in the ratings and, like, the metrics of success and all those other things or whatever. But I just feel like the gift that God gives you as a musician is not really to judge off of that shit, you know? Like, because he ain't really... God don't know about record sales. You feel me? That's, he gave you the real. talent. He don't know about record sales. He don't know, like... He don't know about streams. He don't know about followers. He don't know. He just know he made you nice. He know he made he gave you a gift to communicate your ideas to the world through music. So do that. <laughs> man, you, you, know you dropped man? a shit ton of jewels right there. <laughs> There's yeah, like a yeah. bunch of bars I could see, like embrace all waters, though. That that one, that one really sticks with me. I think that idea of not getting it's kind of a like a, it's in another way, it's kind of like just about being present because. There's so many, I do that a lot. People who overthink, you kind of just like have a plan. And when it deviates, when life happens, as it always does, you're kind of, you're screwed. You're like, okay, well, I, you start panicking, you make bad decisions. And yeah, no, I think that's, that's, that's really important. Have you always been this spiritual, like throughout your life? Or is this more of a new thing or? Yeah. You know, I've always, yeah, I've always been spiritual. You know, my mom was very spiritual. My dad very spiritual, so I was I was raised uh, just to believe in the spirit and the soul and 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 follow that, you know. And then mm. you know, my mom always told me like as a kid, like yo, if you if you follow your heart, you're never gonna go wrong. Don't don't like don't play another role. Don't be something you're not supposed to be. Always be just what you are. What what it is will come to you. So mm. that's how I move, you know. That's my that's my that's that's my approach to recording. That's my approach to everything. I don't conversate with regular niggas, they drink you take on their energy. I ain't cool with these industry niggas, they love us the front through not really into me. Nah, no love for the other side. Niggas act like they know me, no nigga, not I. Coke just beating the tent, we back in this poverty, shit is intense. My bitch just told me she pregnant, my back on the wall, but I will never bend. Niggas got my image disconfigured. I'm not one of y'all hip hop niggas. I will slap the shit out one of y'all niggas. I will beat the shit out one of y'all niggas. Merciless like me. Four finger ring. She told me she lit up the yard. Smutty tanks, smutty tanks. So, you know, like given, like, especially on this latest, uh, this new album, which I want to get into now, I love you because you ugly volume one, you seem definitely throughout your career, like someone who is very intentional with the music you put out. Like you're not the type that just like hops on a bunch of records, does features for money and like puts out some like mid stuff. Like you, you really seem to like have, you release something when you're inspired for whatever reason. And given the very reflective and sobering perspectives that you provide on this new album um what inspired you to kind of really get into this kind of like realm of uh i guess i don't know maturity and perspective on this latest album like what inspired you to take this direction um you feel the album is mature sorry you said you feel like it's mature yeah i feel like it's very mature i feel like wow. you're saying like a lot of it's just like through like track after track, I'm just finding myself being like, damn, that's a something I should, you know, think about more. Or like I should try to do myself, you know, especially yeah. on tracks like uh, Weight of the Water. Uh, I mean, there's so many. There's so many. Shango, like so many, so many. Um, you know, the, I, you know, a big inspiration for me was like 
my my view of hip hop right now, and feeling like I wanted to put something out out there that people could be proud to listen to. <laughs> like mm. you know what I'm saying? Like like I wanted to make the shit I wanted to hear in my car. You know what I mean? But yeah. I didn't want it. I, I also wanted to make a statement that uh, of responsibility. Like, I, but I didn't want to like. You don't have to take away the fun to grow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, I think a lot of times people think you got to take away the fun to grow, and I think we do that in our personal lives too, right? Like, I'm not watching cartoons anymore. Like, nah, we watch some fucking cartoons. I'm watching cartoons right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like. Yeah, you know, you don't have to you don't have to remove the fun to grow. You know what I'm saying? So I I wanted a big part of it was definitely like trying to show people that. And also my daughter being a big inspiration for me. You know, like just wanna see what daddy does. <laughs> you mm. know? I didn't want to be like, oh, you know, daddy was daddy was rap, he was making these songs 10 years ago or whatever. Like I wanted to make sure she knew like, nah, like, cause you know, like with ABC, like she can listen to that song forever. And it's always going to change meaning. Mm-hmm. Right now, she probably only un- understands the alphabet aspect of it. But as she gets older, the gems and the jewels and the wisdom is there. They'll outlive me. You know? Man, yeah, yeah. She'll totally. be 50 years old and she'll be able to play that record for, her, for my grandkids. And they'll be able to play it. And they'll still get, all get that same wisdom, you know? And that lesson from their granddad. So, mm-hmm. like... I thought about things like that, you know, and it was just very inspirational for me as an artist. And so like, kind of, kind of like adding to that. So, you know, like I found that although in your previous albums, this was always kind of an element that I always liked how like reflective and honest you are, but there's like a, like a degree of like mental clarity, if you will, on this album that just seemed very pronounced. It's like you're before when you were introspective, like take on a, it's like some time on uh, some moments on Kismet, right? That's an amazing record. But I feel like when you were in, introspective there, it felt like there was like, it sounded like you were going through something still. Like there was, you were in the midst of like some turmoil, you know? Whereas this one feels like you're speaking like after that, like after you've gone through some things and you're like speaking with this like more calmer, more like more wise wisdom you know so and and you mentioned your daughter and I want to kind of get into that more because I find like two of the most like beautiful moments on the record are is ABC as you mentioned and Shango uh which where your daughter and your uncle play prominent roles on one of those tracks each you know respectively so I wonder like how did how did those two people in your life impact the kind of music that you made and like how did they impact this album specifically uh, you know, both of them, interestingly enough, impact my music in a lot of the same ways. My uncle, what he, he taught me a lot. You know, he taught me the whole game. But um, what, what he taught me about music, he told me that music exists in spontaneity. And, like, we are, we are capturing spontaneity in those moments as we create. You know, it's not about a plan or a strategy or a, a formula. It's about mm-hmm. capturing energy and spontaneity. So, you know, I definitely got that from my uncle. You know, my uncle taught me a lot. You know, you see, like, uh, even in my videos, I wear my uncle dashikis in the beginning of my career. You know what I mean? Um, mm. I wear his necklaces, like his African beads and stuff like that. Like, he's the one who gave me the vision. You know, uh, 
When I was a kid, he kept me out of trouble. He's the one who took me. See, I went to the museum with him on the weekends. He take me to see the Giants, or we mm-hmm. go play basketball, or we go to the we go to Harlem and go to the African Street Festival. And he, you know, he show me books and, oh, did you read this? And you know, he just stayed up, do your push ups, whatever. Like, yeah, he was the one that kind of molded me and gave me the vision. You know what I'm saying? It gave mm-hmm. me understanding. Uh, my daughter gives me the same thing. She's a constant reminder of like. Everything has to seem new and don't get stuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you, you recently posted something on Instagram that I found to be pretty interesting where you said that it felt uh, it was special to you to have a track like Follow Me, Make It to the Radio that was in, in like, I'm putting, using this in quotes, that was truly yours, as you put it. Could yeah. you elaborate more on what you meant by that? I mean, for me, it's like, uh, you know, I have a uh, chronology in my head of my records, right? And in my head, it's like uh, like Lost in Translation, then it's Kismet, then it's Self-Titled, mm-hmm. then it's uh, Confessions of a Sex Addict, and then it's this one. Yeah. All right? And then, well, I, then I did, like, a little lot of mixtapes and stuff like that, but, like, a lot, of, a lot of that stuff is usually, like, the scratch demos and shit. Like, I had, like, a whole... Uh, I had like a whole phase. I had years, but like I didn't like no songs I did. Like I just was like, I don't know. I was going through something. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, I had a lot of time like that, you know, where I didn't feel like ownership over the music anymore. Because I think for me, I think I got like when I got into the business, I kind of lost myself, you know, like personally wise, like mm-hmm. on a personal level. And I kind of lost con- the concept of who I was. Like, like, am I Anthony? Am I Huey? Or am I Aspire? You know? So yeah. it was like, I had to kind of, I went through years of like, just really trying to figure myself out. Just, just me, you know? And um, once I came to that and I made, the, that's how I got this record. Once I found like myself and I decided like, this is mine. This feels like it's mine. This feels like the first time I feel good. I feel happy. I feel confident. I feel strong. You know? So that, you know, that's basically my what that statement meant. Like, just feeling like it was mine. You know, just, just feeling like I had ownership over everything I'm doing right now. And being just, just that, I, like, to me, this is the happiest I've ever been as a musician. Like, wow. right now. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's special, man. Um, congratulations. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. You know, like, it seems like throughout, like you mentioned it, like, it seems like you've been on a, you've been on like a pretty, pretty significant kind of journey throughout these like past, like past through like few years, handful of years, five plus years of like, you know, discovering yourself, self-love, all those great things. What, what do you feel was like the most, the most challenging part of like, that process like of something that was like hard for you to accept or grow past um probably just addiction i would say that you know codependency yeah how how did you really get past that was it just with time like with discipline with like spirituality all those things i don't know i think i just now i just think i matured i i don't really i didn't really like I found understanding in myself, you know, like when you look at the album title, it's I love you cause you ugly. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you look at you. Why die or die you? Your own understanding. I found my own understanding. I found who I was. I, I started to understand who I was. You know? I started to accept it because I feel like most people's problems, they come from they come from not accepting and understanding themselves. Right? Yeah. Like you may have a, a certain urge or a certain instinct or <laughs> a certain complexity to you and you, you may fight that or you may not understand how to use that within your life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or navigate past it or embrace it so you, you fight these parts of yourself right you fight these parts of you but until you understand who you are and truly embrace who you are like you'll never transition into who, who you truly supposed to be you know so i think yeah. once i start to really understand and forgive myself and forgive others you know and live in appreciation of like all my experiences then i really um I really was able to 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 move forward in a happy way. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it was funny that uh, although I feel as we've been talking now, like lyrically speaking, this is like your most I feel grounded uh, type record yet. But musically, this album is is really like one of the more psychedelic, like left field uh, projects that you've released. It when it comes to the production. Like it's it's quite impressive with how layered the music is here. It's it's at some points it's like really pretty, at other points it's just like very weird. Like I feel like you got one of the the weirdest beats out of uh out of Madlib that I've heard in on a uh, Bubble Guts, which is yeah probably that that I think is my favorite song. Um, yeah. But it, it's just that's just a ridiculous the way you float on that. Like none of that made sense, but you made it make sense, and it was fucking fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, could you talk more about the musical direction that you and like this team of producers uh, wanted to take on this latest album? Like my team, like that's my team team, you know, like everybody I work with, like, we're all like, we, we literally, you know, we we together all the time. Mm. So uh, this, this album sonically, a lot of it was like taking Lost in translation and putting it together with Kismet. Sonically, like it has aspects of both. Cause I feel like I wanted to go back to being at my best. And I feel like I'm at my best when I'm like having fun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when yeah. I'm having fun and like I'm making myself laugh. Like if I'm making music and I'm making myself laugh and I'm making myself like kind of trip of what I'm saying or what it what it's feeling like, then like that's when I know like I'm at my best. So I wanted to go back to that energy, to that fun, that fun vibe. And like me, I'm always just like always in that space. Like that, that, that like science, science fiction, spacey Afrofuturistic type. Oh yeah. Vibe. That's what I bring to the table, you know? Yeah, so for like, sure. It was really just about the evolution of it and really because I really don't listen to a lot of rap. Oh, really? So, nah, not really. Um, so it was really about just finding, trying to find the, the equivalent to a lot of things that I like inspire me in the sounds that I, that I, that I, that I have around me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see what you mean as you're saying, like it's a blend of uh, Kismet and Lost in Translation because yeah, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot more moments that make me laugh on this album versus uh kismet for sure 
um like you do you have that i think i don't know which track it is maybe it's the last track where you just have that asap rocky line yeah it's, just, it's foul it's it's amazing <laughs> shit is hilarious uh you got like that tracy mcgrady line uh <laughs> there there's a lot of there's a lot of great moments um but yeah musically too i, I definitely see what you mean as well because kismet was probably more like ambient a lot like whereas and then lost in translation was the most like that was much more drum heavy and things like this i think this one has that kind of like larger than life feel like atmospheric feel but it also has like a lot of hard ass drums like a lot of like booming bass and things like that which i love and i think yeah, i think yeah. it came across came together really well wow thank you thank you i, I was going for that so definitely I, it was definitely a thought you know i wanted to kind of like because you know just thematic right just like we talk about like just the journey of self and like my journey as a musician and as a man i felt like just that it had to be a combination of those two records to kind of show the example of like who i am now you know like mm -hmm. this plus this equals this you know it's yeah. like that even even in even in who i am <laughs> you know so um yeah yeah i think i think it was very i think it was uh serendipitous when i hear this new album i feel like i'm hearing you know, someone is rejuvenated as an artist and as a person. And I think that's kind of clear based on how you've been talking so far. So do you expect to ride this wave and continue to make albums in this vein? Because it's called volume one. So is there going to be a volume two or three? Is that in the cards? Yeah, I, I man, yeah, I got a lot of songs, man. I, I mean, when I did this song, when I did this album, I had about 60. Damn. Yeah, I had a lot. You know what I'm saying? Um... So like we we not like we not we not pressing no music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not pressing no music right now. Like, and you know, we do everything ourselves. Like we mix and master and everything, you know. So um like yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh for me, I I think I just wanna enjoy being a musician. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I felt like the first time I really was like dedicated to music. I never enjoyed anything, you know what I'm saying? Like, it all was like, uh, you know? So yeah. now um, I'm, like, in a space where I feel like just, like, I'm just enjoying it. I don't really, not really looking for anything, you know? I'm just building what I do, you know? And just want people to just get something from the music. Because I, I want to yeah. go back to, like, being music first again, right? Like, I love this interview. We said we actually talked about music. Most interviews, you know, now, nowadays people tend to talk more about thematics than, than, than like theatrics rather than, uh, than, yeah. than, than music. You know what I'm saying? So like that, that's the thing for me is like I don't want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a, I want to be a musician. I don't want to be like a rapper. Like, oh, like, like a character. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like yeah. embarrassing to say you a rapper nowadays. People mm -hmm. don't even really take it serious. So like it's like. Like, it should be looked at as being, like, a great jazz player or a great drummer. Nobody mm -hmm. says, like, oh, you too old to play jazz or, like, yeah. oh, you too old to play the trumpet. You know what I'm saying? Like, hip-hop is mature to that point where we supposed to be respected as, as great artists mm -hmm. if you're a great artist. You know, like, it shouldn't be a thing where I got to go go to jail. It's just so much fuckery. I got to get on get on Facebook Live and argue. And it, seem, and it seems like all the conjecture, like, all the audiences, this, this is what I would say is the difference. Not, like, I feel like the audience seems to get more from that and find that more gratifying than the music is. I don't think that's, I can't really disagree with it. There's a good, good portion, 
maybe even a majority that I feel of listeners, because I feel like now hip hop's so big that that if you just take like a percentage of everybody who listens to hip hop, like even semi regularly, I feel like it's vast majority is is casuals, people that have like no real affinity for the culture understanding, but they just like like the music because it's popular because everything hip hop's everywhere now. It's in like yeah. corporate ads now. So uh i i definitely see that and it, that part is that's why i find like generally speaking i find the mainstream music that you hear like on the radio regularly or i guess uh just generally like in clubs and kind of mainstream areas i feel like that's been on the decline for a while now as like kanye's kind of wherever the fuck he's doing these days like he's not no longer at his peak i don't think drake's at his peak i think j cole is he makes music, but it's so sparingly. Like I find the mainstream's definitely on a, a decline. But I say on the the contrary when it comes to the underground, I feel like we're in like a renaissance right now. And it, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because you mentioned just before that you're not really listening to a lot of hip hop. So like, what are some artists these days within what you do listen to that you find yourself inspired by that are making music like actively currently? Um, I mean, yo, I'm be honest. I know, like, this is the old school cliche rapper answer, like, y'all don't listen to nobody. Like, <laughs> but it, seriously, I, I mean, as far as new artists, like, I listen to, like, a local artist I listen to, like, in the scene in New York City, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Fatboy Sharif. Yeah. Um, Griff Specs, he dropped the album, uh, Live Transportation. I loved his album. I mean, I'm biased because he's on my, he, he produced Follow Me. But, mm-hmm. like, his record is just magical. And like, if you just see him live, it's just fucking incredible. Um, I just, I, like anytime you perform and I go, mm. uh, my other boy, 89, the brainchild, listen to his shit a lot. Oh, like, I fuck with just, him. I fuck with yeah, him. Yeah, 89, that's my brother. Like, you know, we, we, uh, we got, we got drinks together. Nice. We got a few songs. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, I really don't be listening to nothing, man. You know what I'm saying? I be, I be, uh, I be, I be, I be, in, I be listening to old school rap for the most part. <laughs> well, I'll say like, especially like where, where you live and shit, like there is so much going out. If you ever want to ever want some recommendations, I have like a billion. So there's a lot of really creative music happening. That's like pushing the boundaries hard while just like, I just find it's just, and, and there's just so much of it too. Like it's honestly hard to keep up with how much great shit's coming out, especially this year. This year has been particularly good and you're on one of the one of my favorite albums of uh, i think it dropped in january yeah um the metatron's cube with the aj suede televangel oh yeah aj that's my bro yeah of course. Yeah, yeah man that verse of yours wow Res- respect the architect shit like i was listening to it the other day with a friend like you go the fuck off like it's crazy how what you do with your flow on that like crazy Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. You know, yo, I mean, I feel like, you know, I feel like as far as the mainstream, think things have become a little homogenous because they start trying to manufacture stars. Yeah. And you 100%. really just can't manufacture stars in hip hop. So, yeah. At some point, the quality of like that, what makes some of these guys actual stars, the real ones, like you can't, you can't yeah, make that in the like, factory. Because it has to evolve. Yeah. Like, you can't get it to a formula because, like, the thing with rap is it changes so fast and it changes so randomly. So, like, 
they basically try to get the sound of rap to trap, right? Like that's just mm-hmm. the sound of hip hop now. Yeah. Hip hop is just trap, which that's just not fair, right? But yeah, you know, I think I think that's why it's so homogenous. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, homogenized, brother. Like it's just they they try to manufacture shit, and you really can't. So now the underground, and like I said, you really can't even really quantify what a rapper is. Like I seen this big muscle bound dude. I keep seeing him. He do like a backflip. You seen this guy? No, I'm not. He like a, he like got real big muscles, like the Incredible Hulk. Is he the and guy that like was doing those videos? Like, I, he's not someone who got like social media famous, or is yeah, he? Yeah, but he got shows. Dude, is it the guy that was dancing in the in the red in like those Chick Fil A's? Yeah, I think. He oh, it's that dude. You're talking about that. Dude? Oh my I god, I think he got a song. And like, he got a song. What the fuck, man? And the crowd is like, oh, oh. my god, like, so is he a rapper? I'm like, so he's no. A rapper? Yo, the guy was wearing like he's really big and he wears really tight clothes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, I know. Like that guy makes me uncomfortable. Oh my god. <laughs> but I'm, I, you know, I say that to say like, hey, get the money, whatever. But like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. But it's just like, all right, if this is rapping, what is rapping anymore? You know what I'm saying? So like, to me, I think I think now the way I view the way I view it, I view it like um. It's really a singular journey. It's, it's really like, just do your thing. I do my thing. I make my music. I preach my gospel. And I just try to add something to the world that's like different and mm. good. <laughs> you know, from yeah. my viewpoint, you know, that's something that I can do. And, it, I, and I'm having a great time doing it right now. So. The last thing I want to ask you is a, is a question okay. actually from a patron of the show. So okay. shout out to... Shout out to uh, Dan O for this question. He asks, who do you consider the most heinous shit talker in rap history? The most heinous shit talker? Yeah, even the way the, this question's word, I wanted to keep it the way he asked it, but I'm like, Dan, it's, a, it's an aggressive question. I heinous? guess just best, best like shit talker or most craziest, wildest shit talker in, his, in history of rap? 50. 50? That's yeah. a good choice. That's a good choice. Yeah. I mean, you ever saw the video? He um, he got a video. He's beefing with Rick Ross, right? He had a video mm. where he 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 got he had like, I guess he had some of his workers basically follow fifty uh DJ Khaled's mom to work. She's sleeping her death. What? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, shit is scary. Like it's spooky. It's not a song. It's like a video you put it on YouTube. You know? Oh god. He's just like he's in a hotel room with all the pictures of her. They was taking pictures of her while she sleep, taking pictures of her car, following her. And like, he's, he's talking over it. He's just like, yeah, I know your mother led. But some shit like that, <laughs> some shit is scary. I'm like, yo, like, yo. Yo, 50 goes like a million times yo, too far in those beefs. Even on social media, even on social media, his shit is heinous. It is, that is actually a good way to say it's heinous. Some of the shit is like, damn, that's harsh. And when I hear the word heinous, that's what I think. Yeah. Really? Like, yeah. all that other shit, nah, I don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? But him, I wouldn't do it. Like, out yeah. of all the rappers in the world, I feel like him, he, he the only one. Yeah, he's got, like, he's got, like, the money and power and also just has, like, the audacity. And like the cold-bloodedness. Yeah. Like yeah. A, he's like a fucking comic book villain. He's like a yeah. black, like, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? For sure. All right, man. This has been like a super fun conversation. Uh, I just have to say, like, I'm, I'm really, it's a lot of things that you said here. Like, I really 
appreciate you opening up of kind of like your spirituality and kind of like your journey to understanding. And I really hear it in the music, which is like great to hear as a listener to see that, like you're able to actually translate that to the music because everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, no, I feel you. I, I, I hear that. Um, so, you know, and just thank you for coming on. This was a, a great conversation. Really appreciate it. Yo, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you listening to the music and really taking the time to digest it and embrace what I'm saying. And, you know, um, just look forward to giving you more. Like, stay tuned. Yeah. You know, stay tuned. It. Stay tuned for volume two, volume three. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. All right. Peace, man. All right, Enjoy your night. You too. Space invaders, my brain's in the percolator My body has been abducted by little agreement with ray guns Dark Vader, Carl Sagan, Scientology, Thetans Warps be teleporting in out of galactic chambers Mine was elevated like a DMT hit Round table with Mr. Deities Quickly told me to sit in that moment I found atonement from all my physical sinners So the journey's in the moments, the rest of it don't exist so there we have it Another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast Presented by QLC TV I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levi, Steel Tip Dove, Kakoa, Mahima, Jeff, Mitch, Dash Lewis, Pancake Cleaner, Trey, Noah, Justin, Brandon, Joe, Gavin, Matt, Teddy Faley, Jackson, Kian, Slumber Logic, Fatman Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.